Anxious to step through the gate again, Major? Yes, I am. We all are. Would you like us to bring back anything special? Uh, no, thanks. Groceries, new outfit, flatware? Hmm. No, just yourselves in one piece, please. Dial it up. You say. Welcome to the Jumping Puddles podcast. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and or YouTube. And follow us at Jumping Puddles Podcast on Tumblr, Instagram, and Jumping Pud Pod on Twitter. I'm American Sam, and with me are my fellow co-hosts, Tor and Ash. Hey! Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yay! So today we are only joined by the three of us. Unfortunately, Australian Sam could not make it today, but she'll be back. Hopefully, cross your fingers, uh, for the next recording. Uh, we'll miss her dearly. Um, so yeah, but today it's just American Sam, Ash, and Tor here for Hot yeah. Zone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Spicy. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as American Sam just mentioned, we're watching Hot Zone today. Oh, we're reviewing Hot Zone today. While exploring sections of the city that were flooded during the storms, some of the scientists start dying after seeing hallucinations that cause brain aneurysms. Ignoring Weir's instructions, Shepard goes after one of the scientists who is threatening to infect the rest of the city. Dun dun dun! Dun dun dun! <laughs> Yay! Wait, that was like kind of <laughs> upbeat or on beat. Yeah. I think we did that right for the first time. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh. Amazing summary. Thank you, Ash. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The hot zone is truly a spicy one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I feel like I forgot about this episode entirely. It wasn't until I watched it, and I was like, how could I forget? This is some... <laughs> I see shit going on here. Like, this is some, like, my eyes are, like, wide, like, for most of the episode. I'm like, holy shit. There is so much undertone of catty and, like, infighting. And, oh, my goodness, what a hot mess. Oh, man. Um, Where to even begin? I don't know. I know. <laughs> There's too much. There's too much. It's right? so good. I guess we can start where the episode began, like with Prime Not Prime, because gotta mention Prime Not Prime. <laughs> that was really oh, cute. Man. I, it oh, was. No, it was so freaking cute. But, man, Ford, why do you have to ruin the fun? <laughs> I know! <laughs> that it's was so not... depressing. Oh. Yeah, it's not getting better with him, is it? If anything, it's getting he worse. Was... It makes me wonder, like, at what point were they like, yeah, we're going to write this bitch off. Because uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, two, three episodes ago. Because all of a sudden, like, they're bringing out, like, his worst qualities all mm -hmm. the damn time. Like, there was no need for him to, like, first of all, like, just to completely snap on Zlinka and to be like, well, is this, like, payback for, like, guys, like, make, like bullying you? I was like, What? Why did he, like, go from zero to a hundred? And that was just so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Apparently it was some kind of a game that they played, um, like, the Mocking Ford stuff, and it started around this time, and it's just, like, it's not making the character more likable. And I forgot about all of this. Like, the times I watched this um, show before, now, I never realized how little they gave forward and how yeah how badly they treated his character because i used to like him and now it's like i still i want to like him it's like he's given so little and um every time he it seems like a lot of times when he gets to say something he is super snappy at some body for some reason yeah yeah it's like the dialogues he does get to participate in and say is just so like, really, we're, we're returning to the high school level of, you know, I'm a mean jock and you're just a 
crappy nerd and like this is our Justin roles in life and like nobody cares about what happened in high school bro like we're just playing prime not prime (laughs) and you're just exceptionally bad at it (laughs) like that's all he okay well I guess I'll skip a little bit to the end because we're just talking about Ford he did get like one there were some really cute moments with him and Rodney during this episode I will say and honestly I feel like after this like rewatch like watching with you guys and like having this like super critical eye I've just been noticing that like I honestly think like Ford and Rodney have like a better relationship than John and Ford which I feel like is kind of like ooh controversial hot take Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I don't know I just feel like they just seem to have like more scenes and it seems to just go deeper than just like the like, commander and, like, bestie type of, like, friendship that him and John have. Like, I don't know. There's just something so sweet about, like, him and Rodney's, like, dynamic. And especially in this episode, it just pops out. So I was going to say, thank you for at least giving Ford a little bit later on in this episode. The beginning, not great. But he got a little bit better as the episode went on. Yeah, that's so true. Like, him, him asking if Rodney was okay... How are you doing? That was that was cute. And also, um, even on the flip side, like how Rodney views Ford when they're um, going into the lab where the <laughs> virus is and he's like, no, you're coming with me. Like, you're my protection. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Bodyguard Ford pick. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cute. And at the end, too, when... Um, like, they're all, like, cheering. They're like, yay, we're saved. Thanks, John, for committing another suicide mission. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you see, like, Ford go up to, like, he hugs Carson, and then he goes up and he hugs Rodney. Yes! I was like, wait a minute. That's going down somewhere. I wrote that down. I was like, okay, come back to this moment. <laughs> we're going to record that for later. <laughs> they're so cute. Yeah. It was. And it was so awkward, like, for, for Rodney. He was so awkward. He was like, Yeah, hugging Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. They're all emotionally constipated. It's like they don't know what to do. The recipient of the hug never knows where to put their hands. It's very like yeah. It's always one person doing the hugging and the other person just standing there being like. (laughs) They're like two huggers or three maybe, and the rest is like, no, we don't hug. We don't. What do we do? This was unfamiliar terrain. Exactly. Like, as, as opposed to, like, SG-1, I feel like SG-1 are always, like, we love each other. Kind of, like, they're a little more touchy-feely, more like, I love you, like, hugging. And, like, Vala being like, I miss you, running to Sam's. Like, you. But you get to Atlantis, and they're, like, five feet away. I'm not going to tell you I love you. I'm just going to kill a man for you. Like, <laughs> they are horrible at expressing their feelings. And somehow SG was even worse. Like, how? Oh. Yeah. Hey, hug. Do, you, do SGU, do like the cast members like, or like the actors or the characters, sorry, just jumped around. Do they know like what a hug is? I don't know if those characters hmm. do. They forgot about the hugging and right, uh, went right to the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> True. They just went to killing each other, honestly. <laughs> that too. Damn. Another scene that I liked was um, Taylor kicking John's ass. Yep, totally. I ass girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just... It's what he deserves. It's what he deserved after this episode as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they had right. a, an extra training session after this episode, so just that she could beat him up some more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth scheduled it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I had no thoughts. I was watching that, that like, part, like, <laughs> y'all gonna put that in my Stargate? Thank you. That's yeah. all I needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just... Was woman kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. It was just everything about the scene. Like, um, the lighting was so beautiful and just her and the way she moves and him trying to be cool, but just failing spectacularly. 
I really wish, like, they had incorporated those sticks not only, like, into her, like, practice fighting, but, like, into the field. I feel like we never see her really use, like, those, like, what are they training for? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have guns. Like, y'all don't ever use these sticks. Like, what are you guys, whatever. Taylor just wants to beat their asses. Like, that's just her therapy, I guess. Um, But (laughs) I wish we got to see them, you know, actually use that outside in the field. Yeah, would be so cool. We got one scene in one of the earlier episodes where she beats up a wraith, and she's so like a... yeah, <laughs> like one long stick. Yeah, and she breaks it, and John tries to break a stick of Estes in this episode, and he just he just hurts himself. <laughs> He's an idiot. I love him. Yeah, he is. So yeah, that that scene was, and okay, sorry to bring this up, but I think like this could be a scene for. Taylor John Shippers, but um, I have to say that like I'm trying to watch it with a critical eye, and I try to keep like both ships that I know of in mind, so I can. I'm trying to see where people are coming from. Okay, so in this case, I was like, I was watching it. I was like, oh yeah, okay, I can see how you could interpret it like that. But when he like when she has him on her on his knees and like she shoves him away and it was like and the way they talk it was like to me it really seemed like more like friendship and not like in a like not not teasing in a in like a flirty or romantic way yeah (laughs) yeah i feel that way too only because i feel like john is such a not a kid but (laughs) in the scene he's like Taylor's like, oh, like, you haven't been practicing. And he has that personality of, like, if I'm not good at something right away or if I'm not the best at something right away, then I don't want to try because I'm never going to be the coolest and best at it, so who cares? Um, <laughs> which is just, like, oh, typical man. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm not very, you know... And then his whole line where he's like, oh, if I had a gun, then I would, I would win. Like, oh, come on, bro. Like, lose gracefully. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say, I think they have, like, some, uh, I think they're most, like, romantic, I'm quoting, um, <laughs> uh, scenes, I think, are, are, like, in season one and season two. I think, like, past those early seasons, I don't see anything. And I remember someone telling me on Twitter, because I think I mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, like, when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't really see how they have any tension. And someone was like, oh, they get more later on. And so I kept waiting, and there was <laughs> nothing. I was like, it got worse. What are you talking about? So I will say, uh, for John and Taylor Shippers, I can kind of see the first, like, two seasons, like, a little more of the tension. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> The way it was hurting you to say that. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was, it was struggling to come out. I had to, like, choke back tears. Um, but <laughs> I, what was I even saying? Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, like, I, I think they have some tension, sure, but I feel like, not to uh, spread the Talabeth agenda here so soon, but I was just loving it. I think this is a great, like, subtle Talabeth episode, the way that, like, from the beginning, Taylor was not having any of, like, John's, like, weird macho bravado that just came out of fucking nowhere. Um... She was very much, like, just kind of, like, side-eyeing him the whole time. And she followed him out to, like, a little, like, hazmat room. And then she was like, you should not have done that. <laughs> She's like, you are dumb. And I was like, thank you for calling him out. Because he was being very dumb. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Taylor's going to defend her woman, of course. Because John is being so stupid <laughs> in this episode. I mean, <clears throat> at certain points. At that point in particular, he was being not not the smartest. And I feel like his biggest sin was trying to pit Bates against Elizabeth in that one scene. Um, and she did it too, which 
wasn't great. Like, you're putting Bates in an uncomfortable position where you both are his boss, technically, and so he's like, who do I obey first? And he chooses Shepard, which I thought was interesting considering their tension in the previous half of the season. Um, they don't like each other very much, so that was interesting that he ceded to Shepard's authority over Weir's. Um, and made even worse by the fact that it sort of undermines not only Weir's authority, but the civilian authority of the expedition. So that wasn't great. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, we're a civilian expedition, I swear, but whenever anything goes wrong, it's like, no, the military is in charge now. Like, we have to take over. So, mm, didn't like that too much. Yeah, I have, I have huge problems that scene it's like i mean first of all they john undermines elizabeth elizabeth okay <laughs> how dare he and um i get a whole thing with baits that you mentioned tor um it was so i was wondering why he why he um obeyed uh, john's order in the end yeah. and i didn't i couldn't really figure out why but now i'm thinking maybe like like you said he, he he and John, they are not best buddies, but I think he's also not a fan of Elizabeth. Um, so maybe that played some kind of a role. And then I was thinking, is there not some kind of, uh, not a precaution, but like a rule that in the end, Elizabeth's word is um, like higher than John's because it's a civilian uh expedition and although he is military ranking military officer there should be he shouldn't yeah have more to say than her yeah like she definitely i agree she should have the last word um unless it's a strictly military situation which this wasn't so which she pointed out <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> yeah, exactly Elizabeth was so patient, girl. If that was her. I would have locked. I would have just locked his ass in there. Been like, you're not getting out. Sorry, like, I'm not. I'm turning you off. Like, you're, sorry, I can't hear you anymore. You're, you're breaking up. I'm just like cut off his like voice thing. Like, I would have done some fuck shit. She was great. She's a way better leader than I am. Um, also, I affectionately nicknamed this episode uh, "John's Entitled Frat Boy Era." Mm. Yes, very entitled um i you know we kind of get like a little hint of it later like when they finally talk at the end of the episode um you kind of see that like it's just his like trust and control issues just kind of flaring up in the worst way but doesn't really forgive that he just completely went over elizabeth's head um and she was warned of this too and she's still like but i still like put my faith in you and like you kind of like just betrayed that faith and kind of like trust that we had again i do kind of wish that Obviously, this is not the show, but I wish that they had kind of, like, delved into that further. Maybe, like, had, like, them on awkward terms for, like, the next few episodes or something. Or at least one. Um, because I don't know how she forgave him. She's a much better person than I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> she forgave him hella quick. Yeah. I I love that last scene where they, where she says, yeah, we have to talk. And because I think she, I think she's probably the only person who understands, like, their relationship or, like, their responsibility that they both have together as, like, civilian and military leader. leader. And, um, like, her saying that we have to talk about this, not, hey, I have to talk to you. But she puts them on the same level and she wants to talk about this in a, I don't know, human <laughs> way or something that they can figure it out together not and i think that's that's such uh, leadership <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect no you're so right um i think that was the perfect thing for her to say like to make it more personal and to make it about elizabeth and john instead of like authority versus authority right because John has a problem with authority, as we, as we know. Um, and I feel like, uh, I don't know what the reason is exactly. Uh, I think 
a bit of it is personal and a little bit of it is about professional history. Like, personally, I feel like he doesn't trust anybody to know better than he does in a situation where people's lives are at risk because that's just the kind of person he is. I feel like he needs to be the one in control. He needs to be the one sacrificing himself for everybody else. Like, that's just his whole thing, which I think ties into his professional issues with authority, um, him getting screwed over by CEOs, at least in his eyes, where they were telling him, like, not to go back for people, um, behind enemy lines, and he did it anyway, um, maybe he thought that was a stupid order at the time, I don't know how safe it was for him to be doing that, clearly it wasn't that safe, because it didn't turn out very well, <laughs> um, but I think he, he's carried that trauma, quote-unquote, with him, so, He's not seeing Elizabeth, he's seeing, like, overarching authority, and he's bucking against it. And for her to bring up, like, a we, keeping them on the the same level, like you said, um, making it more personal, I feel like that was would be the only way to get through to him, making it about their personal trust instead of, you know, levels of power. Yeah. 100%. Can I also say, like, not to make this about men versus women. I just think it's super interesting that so many other, like, commanding officers have tried to, like, just tell John what to do. <laughs> and they've clearly seen that it does not work. It does not work with him. It goes one ear out the other. You know, you cannot let him... Yeah, you just can't tell him what to do. He's gonna literally do the opposite. Um, it's like he's like a little kid. Um, so I think just think it's interesting that Elizabeth was the one the woman to sit down and be like let's talk and like I know how to like get through to you that's not in a way like the commanding and like the authoritative way that you clearly don't respond to well yeah exactly oh and then uh really quick one last thing about this little Elizabeth versus John thing she did kind of hesitate though that one scene where he's like oh I don't oh, I kind of forgot where it is where it's at but John's like asking her for something and she's like staying silent and then John's like Elizabeth and she's like okay fine but like <laughs> she was really gonna hold it against him and I was like yeah my bestie and then I was like okay I yeah, give in though <laughs> yeah. um, but <laughs> I was at least proud that like she was at least like she was still pretty pissed about that and you can see and I love that moment because it just shows like yeah, she's human, you know, like, she's a great leader, because, again, she put her resentment and, like, her aside to give John the information that he needed, but she was really, like, boy, I'm still pissed at you, I'm not giving you shit, and so, I just love that about her. Yeah, I, I love that scene, because, again, it shows, I think, personally, I think it, again, shows her leadership qualities, that he, he disobeyed the order and then he asking her for new orders uh which he shouldn't because he shouldn't be in that situation um but and she's pissed like she's so pissed that's why we have that, that pause but um she also knows that she can't change it now like she doesn't uh i don't know she doesn't remain still and is still like oh my god he he disobeyed on order he shouldn't do that now um but she just she um she re-evaluates the, uh, the situation and um, then just goes forward and so tells him yeah, where to go. And I think that's really, really strong of her. I'd be curious to um, read up on some Elizabeth Hader's opinions on mm -hmm. this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Apparently there was like, when this episode came out, um, there were like two, two camps and the ones who were defending Elizabeth said she did things right, and the other side who said, yeah, no, that was not okay. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I, I I feel like um, John fucked up. Like, just bottom line um, in what he did. Like, I get they're trying to show their opposing personalities. Like, we're is more of a let's think about things and be slow and, like, actually have a plan before we just charge off and choose the nuclear option, which is Shepard's favorite, as we see in this <laughs> episode, every time. Um, 
but like the fact that he broke quarantine caused a bunch more chaos and he had to shoot a civilian and like who's to say that if he didn't break out of quarantine like they would have had to kill somebody like he probably wouldn't have had to because the protocols would have worked so i don't know i just can't defend his actions i don't know <laughs> in this episode at least in the beginning part did did what's his name his name peterson or something did he die i'm not sure actually that's a good question <laughs> good question i was just gonna say really quick 100 percent John was in the wrong, y'all. This is not the podcast for you. If you think Elizabeth was in the wrong, I'm so sorry, bestie. There's other options, I think, for you. Um, but John was wrong. Love him. He's dumb. Um, I was going to say, though, speaking on the whole, the fact that John actually shot him, I was like, where are the stun guns? Why did John have to actually shoot him? I was like, I thought we had some of those lying around. Like, they didn't want to bring, like, a like a little zat or two and like I know they had like wraith stunners that I think that they just discontinued because they were just like ginormous and like hard <laughs> to use I guess but like I don't know like make Atlantis pop like some little ones out or something like create new ones I feel like those stunners would have come in handy uh in situations oh yeah uh, nothing especially this situation like we saw them use it in um what was it? The storm or the eye? Like, mm. where, where did the race center go? Oops. <laughs> oh. Also, like, if he was actually really dead, there's that one scene where they're, like, passing over, like, the mess hall. And there's just, like, he's just, like, on a bench. Like, lying down. I was like, is that man? When I was watching, I was like, is he dead? Yeah. Like, he's just, like, camping out with, like, a dead body. Like, are they just all hanging out? That's so Yeah, I just bad. looked it up. He, he did die. So it was probably... Um, oh, very respectful. Oh, <laughs> they just like put him on a bench. Didn't even put like a jacket on his face. They, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> None of us knew. None of us knew. Well, we've had some really good leadership from Elizabeth. We had some really shitty leadership from John's end. And I think in the middle, we have Dr. Rodney McKay. <laughs> yeah, this episode for sure. I was actually surprised pleasantly by how he handled everything. Uh, like, oh, okay. Like he didn't panic when the first scientists died or were seeing things. He was like, are you okay? Like, tell me what happened. Um, and then he was the first to invoke the quarantine. So he was like, no, we have to stay and isolate. We don't want to spread this to anybody else, which is shocking, selfless behavior from Rodney McKay. Who knew? <laughs> so yeah, I was pleasantly, I was pleasantly surprised by that. That was great. Yeah, I mean, you guys can see my blush now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the big smile. But I honestly, like, I think this is one of my favorite Rodney episodes. And, like, it's not, he's not even a main, like, character, really. Like, he's just kind of, like, hanging out. Like, he has the B-plot, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like there's, again, like, there's something just so endearing. I think he took command really well. He was, you know not mean here i think he remembered most of their most of their names so come on um True. i keep I, I mean he was it's because one of them was a girl but like it's fine i'll tell you um but like i love that one scene i think it's i mean there's so many great ones honestly um there's two that i wrote down for sure there's one where rodney is telling carson to like just stop like trying to like give the guy CPR and it, oh it just hurt my heart because he was like just stop he was like stop trying like it's not gonna work like it's a brain thing like you're not, it's not gonna work and he just looks so sad and heartbroken I was like oh my god the trauma because I mean it the whole thing has just been traumatic from start to finish from all the scientists you know like how many of their like friends and co-workers died and it was just the science department you know and obviously 
and I know the limitations of like a budget and blah, 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 blah. But I do wish that we had got a little more of like something from the extras to make it seem more like, oh, okay, there's like actually some scientists besides just like every extra just dying and having like <laughs> no personality. Um, but still, I, I freaking love that scene. I think David, chef's kiss to you because he did great this episode. Yeah, I was too surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised how how he handled the whole situation. But all, even before like the shit went down, he was like the way he handled like this herd of scientists. It was really professional. <laughs> and uh, I noticed that our outro is uh, from this episode. Like, <laughs> and it, when it came out, I was like, oh my god, this is it! This is it! <laughs> Lore drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, this is the leadership that he will be preaching about in later this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and also, just speaking on a more personal level for Rodney, like, he's had a rough few weeks, months, I'm not sure how time flows in Atlantis. Um, just last week, or last week, in quotations of TV time, um, he experienced the death of two of his scientists, and now a shit ton more have just died. Um, so that's gotta hurt, like, to be responsible for people and them, and dying horrifically, too, like, seeing shit and then having brain aneurysms, like, that, that's pretty awful. So... Yeah, like, quick, bro, get a hype in this bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> need, like, round-the-clock therapy, like, every single person here. Um, but I was also going to say, I was, like, speaking of death, um, <laughs> how many of the staff died? I feel like at one point, I know John mentions, he's like, this could take out one-third of our staff. I was like, one-third of your staff isn't dead? I was like, <laughs> I, like <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought it took out genuinely, like, one-third. Because obviously, like... We don't know how many people started off in the expedition. Um, but I feel like as we go on, more and more people are dying. And I'm like, y'all have like 10 people left. Um, <laughs> so I would like protect them with all your heart. Um, so I really wonder, because I feel like the death count must have been at least like, what, like 10 to 15 maybe? Because like some people in the mess hall, like do we know? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, okay, they were like... Mm -hmm. I th oh, didn't they stop it before, uh, like, they started kind of, seeing yeah. them, but we know kind of from before that they start seeing these um, ghosts or whatever mm -hmm. sometime before they actually die. So yeah. I think what we saw in the mess hall was just, like, the first fit. Okay, okay. Because then at least, like, what, like, five or six then? Yeah, I, th I yeah. think so. So apparently Peterson the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, there's like two people, there's the girl scientist, there's the bodyguard dude, and then Peterson as well. And then I don't remember if there's anyone after him, was there another one? Yeah, maybe like five or six then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is not counting, you know, like, the defiant one, yeah, like you just said, we literally just lost two scientists last week, y'all. Yeah, they're a dying breed out there. Um, <laughs> and, like, how many people did we lose in the storm? Like, I mean, I mean, I think for the most part they evacuated a lot of people, too, but, mm -hmm. like, what happened to the random military guys? Oh, there's definitely the two that got shot, right? As the bacon guy! Oh, yeah! Right! The bacon guy! So, like, I don't know, like, they are... Yeah, I'd be like stressed flyers. and like, yeah, I'd be, so, I'm so grateful, well, kind of grateful that uh, the Deathless came and saved everyone's asses in the finale, because <laughs> they were going to be down to like five people, literally. Yeah. yeah. How did they even defend anyways? But yeah. <laughs> How did they do, like hold off that long? Like, Imagine if there was no reinforcements and like no way to get new people. They would have to recruit from like planets, because there's no way we're... Getting a replacement staff. That might have been cool, actually. That would have been Maybe. awesome. To actually see them, like, actually use the Athosians correctly. <laughs> and, like, yes. other, like, get the indigenous people of this galaxy in here. Stop with your colonizer shit. Yeah. It's not becoming. <laughs> no. 
you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been awesome. Yeah. We also get the first mention of Rodney's sister. Yeah, yeah the scene where he's gonna Jeez. die. Oh, I oh love yeah. That. Yeah. That's the scene where he kind of snaps back into his like typical Rodney that we know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was so cute that he mentioned his sister, and he mentions that he's uh, that she's the only family he's got, which is yeah. And he isn't even close with her, so... Uh. Yeah, it's interesting. I always am interested about their parents in particular. Like, I wonder what the dynamic was there. Because we get, like... He mentions his parents twice. Once his mom at the end of the show, like, near the end of the show. And then once their father... Um, I think in the third season. So... It's it's interesting. I think their whole family dynamic is super super interesting, especially considering Rodney's whole character. But uh, we will get there eventually. Yeah, I'm excited to discuss that. Um, yeah. Also, another interesting Rodney thing this episode. He does not like. I don't know if it's just his negativity and his eoreness. Um, coming through, but he does not like pity or for people to be kind to him. Like, when Beckett was being like, oh, you're going to be fine, like, you're going to be alright, and he was like, no, like, nobody is going to be fine and nobody is going to be alright, like, I'm, I'm dying, like, I'm dying, you have to just say it. I thought that was super interesting because when he's in actual mortal danger, he doesn't want to hear people being nice to him, doesn't want to hear, like, any platitudes or whatever, but when he has, like, a sliver, he wants everybody to pay attention. So I just thought that was so, like, such a weird contrast in his character. Yeah, and especially because he's so good at, like, we've seen him, especially this season, uh, we've seen him be amazing at Bedside Manor. He's a fucking liar. He's like, I'm so bad at it. No, he's great at, like, being so nice and, like, comforting, like, to the people that he really cares about or even people that he's not particularly close to, like, that one scientist. Like, he was still trying his best to help him, like, stay calm and stuff. And so it's interesting that you mentioned that because, yeah, you're right, like, Again, it's everyone's, like, emotional constipation coming through. Because um, he just can't handle, like, Carson being nice to him. And there's a really cute Zelenka moment that I pegged down with him and Rodney. Um, where Rodney first sees a ghost and Rodney's, like, like freaking out. And he's, like, trying not to. And he's, like, turning away. And there's a little moment where Zelenka's, like, watching Rodney. And, like, someone's, like, attending to him. And he kind of, like, waves him off. And he's, like, staring at Rodney. Like, okay, is it going to get worse or better? And I was like, oh. Oh, my oh. heart. That's so cute. I love them. Aww. I thought you were gonna mention the uh, moment where um, during Rodney's speech uh, where he says, yeah, I have these these theories and I want you to have a look at them and uh, uh, Zelenka goes like, we're going to look at them together. <gasps> and yeah, that was really sweet as well. My heart. Yeah. Again, I think his goodbye speech one of my favorite Rodney moments ever. David Hewlett acted the shit out of that. He came to work that day. He said, I'm putting my two, putting my two cents. Um, but I don't know. Like, and again, you know, it kind of brings me back. We we sort of discussed it a little bit, I think, just on our own free time. But there was a Tumblr post going around talking about how Rodney and John kind of and how they evolve throughout the seasons and how like John is a lot more like sarcastic and like not taking anything seriously in season one by the end of season five obviously he's a completely different guy he is so emotionally worn out and stuff and on the flip side we have Rodney who's a lot more serious in the beginning who by the end of season five is kind of like more of like a caricature of his season one self and so I think it kind of really ties into this episode because I loved from this episode and I think it's his, like, he's serious, he can be funny, and he can have, like, those moments of, like, oh, typical Rodney, like, hysteria and, like, stuff. But at the end of it, like, he's still 
like, I don't know, he's rooted, he just feels real, and I think that the character kind of loses that as the seasons goes, go by, especially because, I don't know, I just prefer his more, like, grounded nature. I don't like when he gets all, like, super grady, and I think that sometimes later in the seasons he can. But yeah, I don't know, I just love this episode, I love this Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, 100%. I'm not looking forward to the devolving of his character, because we're getting so much good stuff right now in this first season, so, ugh. Uh, we'll see where the journey takes us. <laughs> Speaking of devolving, um, when we find out that it's a nanovirus that has, like, that's the reason for all of this, and there's a scene where I think Rodney is explaining to Elizabeth what's happening. And she's like, yeah, let's pretend I don't know what a nanovirus is. And he like explains it to her. And I thought it was such a, a horrible and probably unintentional foreshadowing to what's going to happen to her in season three. Oh. And yeah, I hurt myself thinking about this. <laughs> oh. I didn't even realize until you said it. Oh no. Yeah. Why did you say that? That hurts. That hurts <laughs> That's a lot. That's awful. And and it's Rodney oh, too who. Oh. <laughs> oh no. It keeps getting right. worse. <laughs> we need to like parallel these scenes together because oh my gosh. Oh. And another brutal thing about the nanovirus is that the ancients totally made it to kill humans. Like, this is totally an ancient manufactured thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's not think about that ever. <laughs> let's pretend we don't know that that's the case. Because Rodney's right. Like, why would the Wraith intentionally kill humans? Like, that, they need to eat them. So they're not going to just destroy it, like, kill them for no reason. Um, so it had to be the ancients. Like, they were in an ancient lab. Uh, so it just shock. it doesn't shock me because we know the ancients are horrible, but um, <laughs> it's just so like, wow, they were really bastards. Like they were willing to kill everybody, all the humans in the Pegasus galaxy just to get rid of the wraith. Like they were ready to starve them out just so they wouldn't be a problem anymore. It's so bad. 100%. And I was going to say, um... It's weird, though, because I feel like it's kind of, like, left open-ended, right? Because, like, they kind of say they're, like, well, like, no, the ancients could have never created that because they're still, like, they're, they ain't, were, like, ancient stands for some reason in season one. Um, and they're, like, well, I, Rodney says that line, he's, like, well, I hope whoever made it's still not around. And so it's, like, <laughs> I don't know if they were trying to, like, set up some, like, other, like, crazy, like, you know, like, villain. I think it kind of, like, could be foreshadowing to like the Shurins or whatever they're called, the yeah, replicators. Yeah, yeah, no, right. it is. And apparently, it was actually them who created it. Oh like, wow! I was just so pirate. bent on my ancient. <laughs> the ancients are evil. That I totally yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's like I I wasn't sure. I just it wasn't bonus material that I found, and um. So we we will come back to the to the in um progeny, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So it really, it really is the circle. They were setting something up here. That's interesting. Yeah. Not yeah. Good, it is. But I'll take it for the effort. Yeah. Damn. I'll take it for effort. Um. Honestly, I. Oh. I will. Well, no. We'll, we'll get to the whole replicator nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Season lighter season. That's another mess. Um. Because honestly, I don't know if I like that they were the ones who made it i kind of would prefer the ancients being little bitches that made it <laughs> past them. or that it was like some other race that was like i don't know maybe they just i don't know they could have just made some new fun race that like i don't know hated humans that didn't have to be replicators <laughs> but whatever that's a side note um i was gonna say though since we're talking about ancients, um, if someone told me to explain the ancient timeline, I would just have to cry. Because um, you could not, you could not pay me millions of dollars to explain that shit to you. It is so convoluted. Because when did the plague take place? 
like was it before the 10,000 year war was it during was it it couldn't have been after they weren't on pegasus anymore yeah because then one of the ori come in how does destiny you know feature into this like sgu because they made those ships ahead of atlantis right because it or no they made those ships before they went to earth or during i have literally no idea all i'm saying is the timeline is so fucking weird and it just seems to me like they just kept hopping back between pegasus <laughs> and milky way like like it was like just like a vacation spot like they did not <laughs> i don't know what was going on there so the ancient timeline yeah no no idea neither <laughs> what was interesting to me in this episode that we learned like um like they say that this virus could kill like one third of the expedition which means that two-thirds have the ancient gene either by like naturally or by gene therapy which is insane like it, it seems like a lot to me um and it makes me very sad that like from the uh, main cast only john wait john carson and ford does ford have the gene no Ford, yeah, because remember he was like this close to being next because he, they mentioned I think the episode that he tried it but it didn't take because I think right, it, oh yeah, Zelenka right. says right, right, yeah. 48% of the people can like yeah. take on the gene either. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's, I like, I I think I'm gonna have to write a fan fiction one day where Elizabeth has, has the gene just because I want her to fly the jumper and fly <laughs> Taylor on a domain, um, and I don't want him to have like some marine accompanying them. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, a chaperone, for that purpose, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah. Well, so this funny. is a side note. We don't have to include this in the episode, but I started that really long fic. Um, the John is an ancient fic. <gasps> Oh, there's a super long fic, like uh, it's like multiple parts, and like the crazy thing is, is like in the like in the I don't know if it's the first chapter or like in the summary, whatever. But like this person plotted out like their own like ancient timeline, and like they have like John's like great grandparents and grandparents, blah, blah 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 blah, and like I was reading through it and I was like, it's and like she said in like the her little like title thing, they were like, oh, they're like. Um, like, oh, like, yeah, I wrote this, like, so many years ago, like, I went back and, like, edited it, blah, 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 and then they're like, yeah, I still have, like, three boxes worth of, like, notes in my closet somewhere, because I was making this universe, and I was like, wow. wow. Anyway, side note, but, like, I was like, yeah, that person, I need that person to hit us up, <laughs> they need to come over and explain to us the timeline, because they, like, <laughs> created, like, I mean, they integrated John into that timeline, so, like, he's actually, like, an ancient, but it was just wild. Damn. Damn. This is like why fic writers are gods that. among us. Honestly. Like, just thank you for existing yeah. <laughs> and sharing with us. If you write fic, thank you. Yeah. For all your duties. For real. For mankind. Hours of entertainment and like, oh, damn, I never thought of that before and like that kind of thing. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, now I, I want to read that and, and see like, ooh, I'm going to make their ancient timeline my canon to ancient timeline. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, in the beginning, I was like, okay, I was like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to finally understand the timeline. But, like, it's like, you know, how many thousands of years. It's, like, so long. I was like, I got so confused. I was like, where are we? I was like, what is this going on? And I just had to skip to the end. I was like, okay, I'm just going to read the fic first. If I need help, I'll go back to the first chapter. It's pretty good so far. I'm on, like, chapter three or something. But it's basically, like, they come into Atlantis and like John, like kind of like Elizabeth was like sleeping there. John was sleeping there for ten thousand years. Ooh. And so like he wakes up and it's so. I love Fix that have Atlantis is like sentient, and so he's basically like I don't I forgot the name of it, but it's like obviously it's like Latin based. But he's basically like one of the like last people like part of the age like some ancients could speak to Atlantis, but they had to have like a certain like gene or something. So he's like the last of that gene thing so him and atlantis are always talking and like it's so fun it's so good it's really cute i love that yeah yeah i i think 
um, the writers missed an opportunity by not making Atlantis, like, explicitly sentient. Because... 100%. That's cool. That would be so fun. And I wrote... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Please go. <laughs> and I was going to say, I wrote down a few notes, too, because I was like, there are a few moments I was like, the base could have been sentient here. Um, when the city, like, closed down... Um, and like put everyone in quarantine. I wrote down. I was like, the city was like, uh, y'all can't do anything, right? Like, <laughs> the city was like, damn, humans suck. Y'all can't quarantine by yourselves. Like, fine, time out. And he just shut them all down. And then I also wrote down the part like the idea of like the hazmat suits being like you know like protecting them, and allowing them to go through the base. I was like, that's cool. I was like, but also I'm a big fan of the idea of Atlantis being just like. And John and Taylor are cool. Let them through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then just being like, oh my god, that's my grandson and his friend that I like. Oh. Like, okay, yeah, they can just walk. Like, oh. I just love that. <laughs> oh. I love that. Ash, please go ahead. Yeah, no, I was uh, actually going to say as well that there were some hints that uh, in this episode that Atlantis was kind of sentient or just had like these insane programs that um yeah set all this up and speaking of quarantine what kind Ooh. of weird as quarantine was that there were like 20 people in a mess hall what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned later that thanks to quarantine only half people were there but still that's not a quarantine i mean we all lived it now but still, <laughs> that's that's that that was very weird to me yeah, like, why did they just quarantine everyone in their rooms? Why did they send them to the muscle? Why I, they- I so think weird. that was that was the plan, but it was kind of like, and it was so, yeah, it was it was weird. There's some messed up I, protocols for quarantine. That's all I know. <laughs> people to a room. The room is like this big. Yeah, that's that's fine. Good air. They must have, like, excellent HVAC system in Atlantis for that to be okay. Literally. I was going to say, though, too, I feel like it's so interesting, like, rewatching like, Stargate especially. Because I feel like Stargate has a lot of quarantine apps for some reason, like, weirdly. And there's, like, that big one in Season 9, right? Or Season 8 of SG-1, I don't know, something like that. But this one, I was like, yo, the guy breaking quarantine, I was like, I see you. And He's I an like anti-masker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is a little too real. I was like, this is a little, oof. I was like, damn. Yeah. We know what that is now. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I feel that way a lot, like, nowadays with, with a lot of, like, that. Now that we kind of lived through a pandemic, they're like, there's so many episodes, and especially sci fi, I feel like, that have some kind of um, plague, pandemic, quarantine shit going on. Yeah. I'm getting so much off track today. <laughs> but that's the fun thing about science fiction. I feel like it just tells the future, sometimes the present, because we lived so long. <laughs> With this mm. media culturally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, we're getting so off topic, but it's because we're so excited to see each other's faces yeah! after so long. I was talking first, and then also secondly, because we're seeing each other for the first time, which is so fun <laughs> to announce. But, like, so random. We've been talking for literal months. Like, for hours. <laughs> yeah. We've never seen each other's faces. Or we've seen each other's faces, we just never talked on video. Um, yeah, so we're, like, excited puppies today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clapping my hands like a seal every two minutes. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I just keep, like, throwing my head back and being like, ah, this is so funny. <laughs> Cheeks hurt all that. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I know, I'm like, like, stop smiling. It's impossible. Um, yeah, speaking yeah, of things that make me smile, um, the John Rodney banter at the end of the episode was just too funny <laughs> to pass up. 
Um, when he's going for, like, the, the EMP thing, and, uh, he's like, should I pay attention to, like, all these warning signs? And there's, like, huge yellow, like, caution, and, like, warning, do not touch. And Rodney's like, not today. <laughs> we got bigger problems. So good. So good. And the way, like, John's, like, gonna fly the nuke or whatever, like he usually does, into the sky. And he's like, am I gonna be okay? Like, is this alright? And <laughs> Rodney's like, you'll be fine. Just shush. You'll be fine. <laughs> and... And John is like, okay. He's like, are you sure this is going to work? Like, if I do this, if I blow this thing in the middle of the sky, like, everyone's going to live. And Rodney's like, yeah. And so John's like, good enough for me. I'll fly the ship. <laughs> no problem. You say it's okay? Cool. I trust you. I just love that. So freaking cute. And again, John's on another suicide mission. <laughs> Girl, we're like, what, 12, 13 episodes in? Oh my god. How many times are you going to try to kill yourself, bestie? Like, literally, I think Atlantis, like, has to be sentient. It has to be protecting him from, like, half of these. Because there's just, like, no way <laughs> he survived five seasons of this. Um, I swear it's, like, the 12th martyr scene that we've seen, like, in 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, every episode, he's got to be like, well, guys goodbye and I gotta be like no <laughs> oh but I was gonna say I love a little moment though of John kind of like saying goodbye of course <laughs> and Elizabeth and Rodney being like take care I've seen um people ship Elizabeth Rodney and John all three and that's an interesting one I'm I'm not sure if I can get behind the John and Elizabeth aspect of it. I don't mind the Elizabeth and Rodney aspect really? of it. Really? That's yeah. so funny because I'm the other way around. <laughs> I know. But I mean, you know, and I've, we've kind of talked about this before, I think on like our pilot episode or something, but uh, I know a lot of people are big fans of also just like Atlantis as a whole together, like Polly Atlantis, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, well, I personally am not like a huge subscriber to that idea. For sure, I feel like this scene, I was like, okay. I see where y'all are coming from. <laughs> it's like the vibes are there. There's just love everywhere. So the vibes, like, I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a good episode for all kinds of ships, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, one tiny bit. Um, I love Dr. What's her name? Biro? <gasps> yeah, Biro! <laughs> She's amazing! I completely forgot about this character, but she's a, a, like, not a big role, but she has a few lines in this episode, and she's so funny! I love her! Oh my gosh! She was great, and I only remember her ever from, uh, Sunday, and I feel like, yeah, what a shame, because she's great in this episode, like, even better than in Sunday, and yeah. I feel like... She should have been, like, a Zelenka. Like, they should have made her more of a character. Because she's so fun. Like, her fast talking and her, like, inappropriate humor is so good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, like, whenever someone died, which was often on Stargate Atlantis, they should have used her as, like, doing the... The autopsy, like a Scully moment. I would have loved it. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. my god! Yeah, just like the official coroner. Yeah, <laughs> and have a like record. Oh, yes. Yeah. I would have loved it. Missed potential always with the women on Stargate. Yeah, sad life. Anyways, up next is Ash with the Bechdel test. <laughs> Yay! This episode passes. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we have a like. It's a bit um, surprising, maybe, but we have a few exchanges between um, Taylor and I think her Crown in the mess hall. Like this extra, like this. Actually, I think she's just there for this episode. But I thought it was great that we pass the Bechdel test, and it's not even with like two of the main characters. Like that would be great as well, obviously. But we even got 
like one one of the extras in there. So yeah. Damn. Good job, Stargate. Not bad. Yeah. Oh. I feel like season one isn't doing as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I think it more than fifty percent. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> And then we pass it over again to Ash. So we're just passing it over to Ash <laughs> all the time today. But Ash will be discussing the bonus. Bonus yeah. things we have. Uh, yeah, okay, let's see. What do we have? So this episode was written by Martin Giro and directed by Mario Azopardi, uh, which apparently the cast loved. Um, yeah, just... I was listening to the audio com commentary, and it was kind of chaotic, uh, chaotic because it was wait, it was Martin Garrow, um, Rachel uh, Luttrell, uh, Paul McGillian, Rainbow <gasps> Sun Franks. Yeah, I think these four. It was just they. Some of them were watching this episode for the first time, and it was just like. What? This episode is so good and it was really funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when when actors get excited over their own like show. It's really funny. Uh, okay, bonus material. So uh, when Taylor and John are sparring, there's a possible reference to Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Ark when Shepard says, "says If this were a fight, I would have shot you by now." I'm just gonna tie that into John is a huge nerd. Uh, <laughs> yup. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, the game of Prime Not Prime, played by McKay, Zelenka, and Ford, is likely a reference to Cube, a Canadian horror movie in which David Hewlett had a main role. In the movie, knowing whether or not a number was, pri was Prime was a matter of life and death. Yeah. Also, yeah. That's, that's really my cool. favorite Canadian horror movie ever. It's so good. Really? If the audience hasn't watched it. Go watch it. It's like the pre-Saw. It came out before Saw and inspired Saw. It's just so good. Oh damn. We should totally watch it one night. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Let's make it. Let's make it a thing. Yes. Cool. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, Zelenka answers that. 4021 is not a prime, even though it is, and this arrow is just overlooked. <gasps> this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> the writers got it wrong. Don't they have like yeah. math consultants or like science consultants? Come on, guys. I mean, maybe Google? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been there right at that point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, to continue, Ford's first name, Aiden, is mentioned in this episode for the first time, or for the first time in the series, and Rainbow Sun Franks chose this name, apparently himself, because it's the name of one of Joe Flanagan's sons. Really cute. Yeah, also, McKay says, I've been around more EMPs uh, than anyone, um... And that's a reference to the Stargate SG-1 episode Redemption Part 2, where McKay set off an EMP in the gate room in an attempt to knock out the weapon Anubis was using to overload the Earth's Stargate uh, and cause it to explode. All he accomplished was to wreck some equipment and injure Major Samantha Carter. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> Yo! I thought it was... Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what you mentioned earlier, Tori, is that um, McKay's sister, Jeannie Miller, is first mentioned, but not named. The original script called for McKay to re reveal that he had a brother on Earth, not a sister, but David Hewlett asked the producers if the sibling could be a sister instead, because he has a sister who's an actress, and he didn't really ask for her to be cast, but she, she later was, yeah, so... I love cool. it. I don't know. I can't picture Rodney with a brother, older or younger. It's it's weird, right? I've never thought about it. Because Jeannie is just so 
perfect. I feel like his perfect match. Yes. For a sibling. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm so looking forward to, to her. Me Love too. to see her. Oh, she's so cool. So good. Also the actress is really really nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, both uh General Jagonius and Colonel Marshall Sumner's names are mentioned in this episode when Elizabeth uh, tells Shepard that both had warned her about uh, Shepard uh, about uh, that Shepard didn't uh, respect the proper chain of command. They were both referring to the black mark in Afghanistan, which is detailed in the season three episode Phantom. Oh. We are told that they can't bring the infected to the EMP generator due to lockdown. So there's nothing stopping John from bringing the EMP generator to the infected. Hmm. He could have avoided his suicide mission, but no. <laughs> hmm. Was he too... He was moving too fast to think that one through? <laughs> or does he just really love to fly bombs into space? Who knows? Both. I'm gonna say both. <laughs> oh yeah, this one bugged me. Uh, the hazmat suits uh, Taylor and John wear aren't airtight. And you can see that really clearly. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm done! <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in to this extremely... Well, I feel like it's gonna be a long one. I don't know how we're gonna. We went off. We yeah, a few times for no reason. We were just so excited. We had so many like different rants and stuff. Um, but thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of the Jumping Puddles podcast, aka Hot Zone. And be sure to tune in next week for Sanctuary. Oh, another spicy one. Let's talk about spicy. Let's talk about spicy. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I'm. So excited to talk about that episode. Um, check us out on all social medias, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, all that good stuff. And in the description box, you can find our own personal accounts on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. So check us out there. And um, thanks for tuning in. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right, you clowns, listen up. I don't often get a chance to say this, so savor it. Good work, boys and girls. Let's go home.